Well, hello again. Welcome back to the Northboro Church of Christ YouTube channel. We are finishing up our series on the book of Genesis. And what a exploration it's been. Today we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 50. And if you could ask Joseph if the betrayal, the dry well, the slavery, the imprisonment through false accusation, the chains upon his feet and neck, the emotional suffering of not knowing where or what's happened to your parents or your younger brother, the forgetful cupbearer, if we can ask him if it was all worth it, how do you think he would answer? As you look back on some of the toughest times in your life, and maybe you're in one of them now, times where it was hard to see God working, times where you were innocent in the suffering, times where you were the cause of the suffering, times where this fallen world has just gotten the best of you. Can you see God's faithfulness through it? Have you been faithful through those times? Maybe there's been times where you've had to repent and turn back to God again because those trials and those tough times in life have caused you to react in a way that's displeasing to God. But you recognized it. And then you went back and turned back again. The book of Genesis begins with creation and ends with a coffin. As magnificent the history of Joseph is, we see that he is one of many cogs in the unfolded plan of God. We all know Romans 8.28. For God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and to those who are called according to his purpose. But what if the good that God causes to work together benefits someone else too? We may sometimes focus on the good that comes to us through the suffering and the trials of life. But what if your suffering and trials are to benefit someone else too? To work together for someone else's good too. Wouldn't that be good? for you the promise he has given to those who love him can affect others as well but the ultimate good lies beyond the coffin for those who love him and are called according to his purpose Joseph's example is one of faithfulness through the trials but let us not forget or miss who is woven through the history of Genesis God. He is faithful. He can cause all things to work together for good. Joseph had the benefit of time to see the unfolding plan of God in his life, but he didn't see the whole plan, did he? He didn't see the fact that God was setting up his nation 
and that they would be enslaved, but they would come back again. And through time and through the periods of history, we see the coming of the Messiah through the nation of Israel. Joseph didn't see the whole plan. The same God that used Joseph's sufferings for good is the same God that can use your sufferings for good. A couple things we want to notice about Joseph. We notice that Joseph's sufferings benefited the very ones who caused the suffering. We also notice that Joseph had eyes of faith. He was able to see beyond his own coffin. And as Christians, we need to have eyes of faith that see beyond our coffins. And we also notice what Joseph did say. If you could ask Joseph if it was all worth it, what do you think he would say? Well, we know what he said. In Genesis 50, we start in verse 15, and Jacob has died. Uh, all of uh, the sons of Israel, that whole family, has gone and buried him back in Canaan. Some of the Egyptians have gone with Joseph and his family to bury his father. They've mourned for 70 days. And now Joseph's brothers are concerned that Joseph may turn on them now, given how they've treated him. In Genesis 50, starting in verse 15, we read, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong which we did to him? Good question. So they sent a message to Joseph, saying, Your father charged before he died, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, Please forgive, I beg you, the transgression of your brothers and their sin, for they did you wrong. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. There's no record that Jacob ever said to his sons, Look, say this and ask for forgiveness when I'm dead. We don't see it anywhere. Uh, But we may not be able to say that they were lying as well. There could have been a conversation that took place that's not recorded. We don't know. The fact of the matter is, is that they were fearful that Joseph was now going to exact revenge. Notice what Joseph says. Verse 18, Then his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. As for you, uh, but Joseph said to them in verse 19, Do not be afraid, for am I in God's place? As for you, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about the present result to preserve many people alive. We notice that the good or the sufferings that Joseph endured benefited the very ones that caused the suffering. In 2 Corinthians 1, may we be encouraged to understand that sometimes the sufferings that we endure in life are to benefit others as well as ourselves. 
Paul describes it this way in 2 Corinthians 1, in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Paul recognizes that there are things and trials and sufferings in his life that are hard to deal with, but he knows he's being comforted by God. And in return, because he's being comforted by God through those trials, he can then in turn help somebody else. We say sometimes book knowledge is definitely different than experience, and that may be true. It may be easier for you to accept the words of someone who's gone through a similar trial and suffering as you than it is for somebody that maybe has just read about it in a book. No offense to those who've studied things out. We relate to others who've gone through similar experiences. And sometimes the suffering, maybe even the suffering that you are going through now, eventually will be, you will be able to help someone later. And we see that the sufferings that we endure are to benefit others too. It's definitely true for Joseph. He's standing in front of the ones who's caused, who have caused his suffering, and yet the very suffering that they have caused has led to their preservation of life. What if the good that God means to produce is for the very ones that cause the suffering in your life? Sometimes a suffering that we go through may benefit someone else, but they're not the ones who's caused us the suffering. But what if the suffering that someone has inflicted on you, they've sinned against you in some way, they've harmed you in some way, And God has caused that suffering to turn out for good, not just your good, but for the very ones who's caused the suffering. How would you feel about that? Would you be okay with that? You say, well, give me an example where that has happened. We're in one. The very ones who caused the suffering to Joseph are the very ones who are benefiting from what God has done with Joseph's life. But not only that, think about Jesus Christ. The very ones who caused the suffering, the very ones that could possibly benefit from his suffering. You talk about conforming to the image of Christ. What if the good that God is bringing out through your suffering helps the very ones that caused your suffering? We're going to talk about conformity. That's hard. Because what's our human response to someone that's done us wrong sometimes? I want to revenge. I want them to feel the pain that I'm feeling. They've got what's coming to them. Some people would call it karma. The Bible calls it reaping and sowing. What if you were on the opposite side of that, though? 
Let's say for a moment that you're not Joseph. You're one of his brothers. And you know that you've caused him harm. You're actually bowing down before him, saying that you'll be his servant because you recognize you've done him harm. But he in turn says to you, you've meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And that good that God meant to happen is benefiting you as well. So the harm that you've caused somebody, God can use through their suffering to benefit you. Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. This is the very same text that Philip teaches the Ethiopian eunuch about in Acts chapter 8. And he's talking about Jesus. Verse 3, He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hide their face. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. The very ones who caused Jesus' sufferings, you and I, through our sin, are the very ones that suffering benefited has the potential to benefit. Joseph's sufferings benefited the very ones who caused the suffering. And brothers and sisters, if we are going to work our way towards Christ-likeness, we have to be willing to submit to God's will. And if that is His will according to His purpose, then I'm okay with it. We also notice that Joseph had eyes of faith. In Hebrews 11.22, we read this about Joseph. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning Concerning his bones. Now let's turn back to Genesis 50 and we'll read the account. In verse 22, Genesis 50. Now Joseph stayed in Egypt, he and his father's household, and Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw the third generation of Ephraim's sons, also the sons of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were born on Joseph's knees. Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely take care of you and bring you up from this land to the land which he promised an oath to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. See, he's looking beyond his coffin. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely take care of you, and you shall carry my bones up from here. So Joseph died at the age of 110 years, and he was embalmed and placed in a coffin in Egypt. 
Joseph had eyes of faith. He was able to see beyond his coffin. And brothers and sisters, you and I as well need to be able to see beyond our grave, beyond our coffin. He did. We see beyond the coffin too, though, as Christians, don't we? I pray that we do. In 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Notice what he says in verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So let me ask you this question. Is it still good, even if I don't get to see it? In other words, Joseph had the benefit of looking back and seeing this unfolded plan that God had for his life. But when he was in the dry well, after being thrown there, in there by his brothers, when he was sold as a slave to Egypt, when he was falsely imprisoned for trying to live a righteous life, when he was forgotten by the cupbearer, do you think that he said, oh, I know, I just know that I'm going to be the second in charge in Egypt. It's going to happen someday. You think he had those thoughts in his head? You think he knew what God was doing? No. But he did have... The promise. And the promise came through his dreams. That eventually his brothers would bow down to him. And here we have it in Genesis 50. They find themselves in a familiar posture. Bowing down to Joseph. But is it still good if I don't see it? Because ultimately, the greatest good that can be accomplished is you and I entering into glory with God, being acquitted of our sin, being forgiven of all of our trespasses, and being welcomed in to the heavenly kingdom. That is the ultimate good that can be done. And so would if the good that comes from my sufferings doesn't happen until then, is it still good? The ultimate good that came from Israel coming into Egypt is not Joseph becoming the prince of Egypt. It's not Joseph being able to preserve the lives of Israel, although that was part of God's plan. The ultimate good Joseph didn't see. The coming in of the Messiah, the Savior of the world. That was the good that God was directing. Now we have the benefit of looking back and seeing that unfolded plan of God. Seeing the Messiah, the Lion of the tribe of Judah 
come into the world and bear the sins of the world on his back and his body and his blood. But we yet have yet to see still that glory that is to be revealed. Brothers and sisters, I pray that we have eyes of faith to see beyond the coffin. Jesus saw beyond the coffin, didn't he? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangle us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He looked beyond the coffin. And we as Christians, when we look beyond the coffin, that means that we are fixing our eyes on him. Because he's alive. And he is the one who is going to return to take us home. In verse 3 For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Notice what he says here For you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. Brothers and sisters, there may come a day in this country where we are faced with physical persecution. And it may be sooner than later. The Hebrew writer is talking to these people and he says, Not yet. You haven't resisted to the point of shedding blood and you're striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. He says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Now he's connecting persecution and the striving against sin, living a righteous life. He's connecting it with the discipline of the Lord. Nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. Discipline. Scriptures tell us that Jesus learned discipline through the things that he suffered. Brothers and sisters, there is a purpose to our suffering. Do you have your eyes of faith fixed on Jesus? Does God really cause all things to work together for good? To those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose? Yes. Sometimes that good doesn't come until beyond the grave. Sometimes that good helps the very ones who've caused the suffering. But we notice what uh, Joseph did say. If you could ask him, Joseph, was it all worth it? What do you think he'd say? Well, we know. Back in Genesis 50, he says, Am I in the place of God? Starting in verse 19. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in God's place? In his brother's eyes he was. 
In Romans 12, 17, it says this, Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with what? With good. And Joseph is doing that very thing here. He says, Am I in the place of God? Joseph could have had his way. But his eyes were eyes of faith. And he recognized that the good that was being accomplished by the grace of God was not just about himself. Although there was good things that happened to him, it wasn't just about him. So shall we destroy the ones God desires to save with our words, our actions, our example? Is that what Christians are? We destroy one another because we want to exact vengeance, because they've done us wrong? If anybody had a reason to exact vengeance on somebody, it's Joseph. And yet we see him understanding what God was trying to do in his time. And brothers and sisters, have the eyes of faith. Be able to look beyond the coffin. How did Joseph answer? Am I in the place of God? You meant it for evil. But I can see now that God meant it for good. So would Joseph do it all over again? Yeah. My suffering for righteousness sake. Potiphar's wife comes along and entices him to be intimate with her and he says how can I sin against God so far as it depends on you be at peace with all men but we never want to sacrifice our purity so if it comes down to a coin flip I'm going to have to have an enemy rather than to sin against God speaking the truth of God he talks about uh, his dreams that he spoke he spoke dreams to uh, the baker and the cupbearer he spoke dreams to Pharaoh he spoke dreams to his own siblings and it caused him trouble brothers and sisters sometimes when we speak the truth it will cause us trouble but it was all for the glory of God wasn't it He glorified God in this moment. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Give glory to God. So brothers and sisters, the sufferings and trials that we may go through in life, not just 2020, 2020 is gone, 2021 is here, but even in the future there may be things, there will be things that we go through as Christians. And are we willing to have 
the example? Are we willing to take on the example of Joseph? Are we willing to have the attitude that he had? Where he was okay with the good that came to him because of his sufferings that God brought about, benefiting the very ones that caused the suffering. He had eyes of faith. He was able to see beyond his own coffin. Brothers and sisters, are you able to see beyond the coffin and fixing our eyes on Jesus? Knowing that even if the good that God has promised doesn't happen in this life, that I know that the discipline of the Lord is conforming me into the image of Christ, and thereby I will receive an unfaded crown of glory someday. Because the ultimate good that could come is His presence. God's presence for all eternity. And what would you, what would Joseph say? Am I in God's place? You meant it for evil. But I have faith enough to believe that God is going to work this out for good. God bless you. May we be confident in knowing that God is working things out according to His purpose. And when that suffering and and those trials and even the temptations come along, we know that we can be comforted and we can help comfort others in return and to know that He is working the ultimate good in our lives, which is salvation, which is eternal life with Him forever and ever. Love to have you here at the Northboro Church of Christ sometime. Our Sunday morning services start at 10 a.m. It's a class uh, dynamic, so you can feel free to come and uh, ask questions, to talk and discuss different subjects uh, that we may be going through in the Scriptures. Until then, may the Lord bless you. Uh, may you find peace in Him and comfort in knowing that He's working all things out for good. Take care.